Good morning. Uh, we want to welcome you. My name's David. I'm one of the pastors here, and thanks for joining with us. Uh, this is the last of our special schedules uh, for, our, for the holidays. Next week, uh, we'll be right back to our normal four-service schedule. Uh, four schedule. Uh, so um, uh, thank you for your patience on that and your cooperation. It, it's, it's just nice to be able to give our music team a break, and, uh, and we have a lot of talented folks in the church, and so David and Bill are able to step in and, and lead us in great music as well. So uh, it, it's good for everyone. I hope, uh, hope you had a good celebration with family and friends. Uh, Happy New Year. I haven't seen you in a year. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's good to have you with us. Uh, we, uh, uh, as Donna said, we, uh, our, our education building over here, uh, we've, we've got carpet ordered and all that kind of stuff, but uh, that, that's, a big, that's a big job, and uh, once it's done, it'll look nice and everything, but until then, uh, it, it, it's not in the Bible that small groups have to meet on Sunday morning, okay? Uh, you'll, you'll live. You're going to live. Everyone's going to live. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to live. All right, good. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, so uh, we, uh, uh, we still have all our Christmas stuff up. We're technically still in the Christmas uh, season. I, I believe this is the ninth day of Christmas. And so following the service, we have nine ladies dancing that will be in the, uh, in the welcome center for you. Um, but uh, as we wipe, uh, sort of wind up, our Christmas celebration. Uh, we left the same theme and everything. Uh, my title this morning is Take Care of Your Gift. Take Care of Your Gifts. I don't know about you, but uh, at growing up as a kid and then as a dad, uh, too many times the gifts that you uh, bought and put together, and I, I felt bad for my uh, son-in-law this year. He was... He, we bought him one of those, his daughter, one of those little kitchens that has like 8,000 parts on it and everything. And he was up the night before Christmas trying to put that together. And I was just laughing at him because I don't have to do that anymore. And st- and, and then the next day, you know, it falls apart. But uh, I, I remember one Christmas in particular, and this goes with my, uh, my uh, book on bad travel experiences, but we had... We had been home from seminary, which is in Kentucky. We had gone to visit family in, in Colorado. We had a van, and that's back before they had video and vans and stuff. And so we had gotten this little TV. It was, it was state-of-the-art, man. We had this little TV. You could plug in the cigarette lighter. The girls could sit in the back so they wouldn't uh, drive me crazy and, and everything. So uh, we, we, uh, we had that, and they'd gotten all their Christmas gifts. And so we're on the way back to Kentucky from Colorado. We stopped in St. Louis. and. Uh, the arch there, and the girls saw the McDonald's. We wanted to go there. Well, uh, I know now never go to that McDonald's next to the arch. That's one of the highest crime areas in St. Louis. And so we went, went to, by the time we came back, we came back and the window had been smashed out on the side of the van. All of our stuff was gone, uh, and it was snowing. Uh, so we, uh, uh, we, we, we got to teach our girls a lesson about losing your Christmas presents, and that doesn't mean Christmas was a bummer. And, and uh, that's part of what I want to do for you today, is just remind you that Christmas isn't about the, the gifts, it's not about the season, it's not about the, the decorations, it's about, a, a, about the gift that we receive, 
that you can't lose in this in this in this relationship right we 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 talk about it all the time but too often we we sort of skip through uh, the the holidays and we'll turn in, tune in to baby Jesus and and being uh, connected uh, with baby Jesus and then we'll tune in again as we get to Jesus at the cross and his journey to the cross and, and and then the rest of the year we sort of waft in and out of our relationship with him and that's not healthy for any of us and I'm not pointing at you I I, I have the same problem it's that it's that that humanness that we we have a hard time focusing on God and and making sure that He is the centerpiece of our life. That's after all is the the whole Christmas story and the whole Jesus story is the idea that a God who had every reason to step away instead drew near to us and wants wants to have an intimate everyday relationship with us. I do good at that at times. And then I do bad at it at times. And I don't know if you you have that. I, I know you do, but I don't know if you're willing to admit that in public. But it, we all go up and down in that. What what it would it what would it look for like for us if we could do two percent better in our relationship? What it would it look like if we could do five percent better? Right. That's that's what I want you to sort of think about. What where in your life could you? Tune in to Jesus a little more. How could you take care of the gift that we celebrate over Christmas but is available to us each and every day? Uh, I'm going to be in the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. This is the prologue to the Gospel of John. John's Gospel different than the others. John is probably the last of the Gospels written. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, along with some other uh, letters had been circulated. They all had some common stories to them and stuff. I think that's why John waited to write his and then wanted something different in it. In John's gospel, we get more of a picture of who is Jesus and what does this person, Jesus, what's unique about him. And from the very beginning, he wants us to understand this, this, this amazing duality that he, that he was man, but he was God. Uh, you, you've heard the poetry if you've been in our, our, our uh, services over the last couple of weeks. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word, Jesus, the Word came into the in, uh, the Word came into the world to bring light into the world. Well, we're going to take the next step in that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start at verse 10 uh, in chapter 1, and we're going to, we're going to uh, sort of continue with that idea of Jesus and his importance in God's plans for, uh, for the world. Verse 10, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. A lot of versions will say he was full of truth and grace. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted, shouted to the crowds, 
This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So as, as I said, John is painting a picture of who Jesus is. And, and the best picture he can come up with is light in the darkness, uh, that, that he comes as creator of the world, author and creator of the world, but comes into a world that rejects him and doesn't recognize him. But he doesn't let that dissuade him and then goes about establishing a kingdom through which anyone who desires can become a child of God. He gives the opportunity, verse uh, verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become a child of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Through Jesus, we get new life new life. I know it's New Year's, and so New Year's for, it's a, it's a new beginning, right? And we always like to do new beginning stuff, and, and we, we talk about starting over or starting off, and I, I don't know, but I already messed up yesterday and did nothing. So my, my resolution was not do nothing for the year, but that's what I've accomplished so far uh, this year. But, uh, but in all those resolutions and everything, and all the, the new beginnings, we can get wrapped up in that and 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 think that we we need we need a new beginning with Jesus but but part of what John is helping us understand is that new beginning with Jesus doesn't have to wait for a calendar year to come around the new beginning with Jesus is available to you at any point in your life that you want it to be to all who believed and received he gave right to become a children of a child of God at any time at any time you can say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. New beginning. You can do that, and I hope you do do that every day. You can do that multiple times a day. You can do that on the way out of church, on the way uh, to the restaurant, on the way uh, to the grocery store. You can do that anywhere and everywhere. We have a, a chance through the gift of God with Jesus Christ that despite our mistakes and despite our our bad starts and despite our our fickleness in our relationship with Him, we can have a new beginning at, with God through Jesus Christ any time we want. See, part of what happens to us is just like those new uh, New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you're doing one because we don't want you to lie in church, but. Um, but, you know, sooner or later, you're going to fail at that because that's what we do. I, I, I saw a funny thing uh, this week that, uh, hey, my New Year's re- resolution is I'm going to start a, a gym that the first two, two weeks you use exercise equipment and then the rest of the year at the bar, right? Because that's usually how most people tune in for their New Year's resolution. We, you got about two weeks of, of notice and then, and then we lose track. And then when you do that, the voice in our head says, see, you can't change. 
see, you, nothing's going to change. Just stop. You're done. And, and that happens in our spiritual life too. That that new life that comes from Christ, that circumstances happen, bad things happen, our own ego happens, and there's a voice in our head that the enemy will repeat over and over and say, see, you're not good enough. You might as well just give up. See, you know, you, God can't love you. You couldn't even you couldn't even read your Bible for three days in a row. How how is He going to love you? Don't listen to that voice, because what we celebrate in the gift of God is He came for sinners to make them who He could make them through His power and presence, not in what you could do in your own power and and authority. It's through His truth and grace that we come to new. New life, a new beginning, a chance to draw a line. And, and as I said, don't wait to, to markers for that. You do that over and over. You say, so, uh, Denver, my, my daughter, uh, my, my granddaughter's new thing is, do I get a do-over? Because she has to go to timeout if she's mouths off. And so as soon as you start taking her, she's like, can I do a do-over? And, that, and that's like the restart. Uh, and I say no and beat her and put her in a room and she cries herself. So that's not what I do. But <laughs> there's some people in the room who are visiting that are going, oh my gosh, this guy beats his granddaughter. But not hard. But uh, we, but it's that redo, right? Remember that when you were growing up and you played sports or whatever and you 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 you, you were playing baseball on the field and and you hit it and. And it, and one person called it foul, and the other person called it fair. And instead of getting in a fight and everybody going home, you say, let's just do it over, do over, right? We need to bring back the do-over. We all need do-over. You, over and over and over, we make mistakes. Over and over and over, we, we fall short. Over and over and over, we don't live up to who God wants us to. The ideal of Christianity, the ideal of a life with Christ, we don't live up to it. So instead of listening to the voice of the enemy that wants to lie, steal, and destroy your happiness and joy, listen to the voice of God that says, anyone who comes to me can receive breath. To all who have believed and received, he gives the right to become children of God. Do over. We need to bring it back into our, our culture. Let's go to uh, let's go to Colossians chapter three, verse twelve. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all of its richness Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to the God, to God the Father. 
the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. John paints us a picture of Jesus and the new life we have through Him and the, the, the revelation of the Father through Jesus that we get. Paul, uh, a first century missionary that take, took the ministry of Jesus and began to expand it through the world, takes the next step in that. That it's not just enough to know who Jesus is. It's not just enough to have the religious belief and, the, and, and all of that it, uh, and, the, and the knowledge of who God is. But, but this thing called Christianity, this thing called a Christ-like life is demonstrated in how we live in our everyday lives. It's not good enough to show up at church one hour a week and then think that that checks the box. It's not good enough to think that a two-minute prayer makes you worthy of, of God's love. It, it, it does, it's, it's not a large gift to the church that's going to make God love you. It's not going to Sunday school and church and a small group and five Bible studies that's going to make Him love you. None of that is going to make Him love you any more than He already does. But a life with Christ is not, is not measured by what we do but in what he's done for us. He says, since God chose you to be holy people, God chose you. God chose you. I know it was 2,000 years ago. I know it's been a long time since Jesus has been here, but somehow in the mystery of God, as, as God was making plans for the world, he already had an idea of how he was going to bring a sinful people back to him, how he was going to bring a broken people back to them, take them from sinful into holiness. And in that, he knew your name and you were a part of the plan. I know that sounds like a trite preacher thing to say, but you have always been important to God and you always will be. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows your hopes and dreams, your celebrations, your fears. He knows all of that and has always known that. And as he was implementing this plan with Jesus, he did that with the hope and desire to live in relationship with you, to take you from brokenness into being a holy person. Holy. Anything in the presence of God is holy since he chose you to be holy. He wants you to be close to him. I, I, I love the, the, the metaphor that Paul uses in this. He, he says it a couple of times. Clothe yourself. Clothe yourself in, in righteousness. Clothe yourself with the love of Christ. We put it on. It's something we wear around the world. It's not church clothes that you put on for an hour to fool everybody into thinking you're better than you really are. They're everyday work clothes that you go and, and do life with out there that that's the mark of the life that God has called us. That's, that's what makes the difference. See, we, too often we focus on this, our horizontal relationship with God, and think as long as I know there's a God and as long as I don't say a cuss word and I'm a pretty good person, then I'll, I'll make it. That's not it at all. My love for God is demonstrated when I love the people that God created. There's a horizontal aspect that is necessary for us to demonstrate that we are the holy people that God called us to be. Listen to this again. Clothe yourselves in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. Above all else, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. If you want to take care of the gift of Christ, then you need to allow the presence of Christ to infiltrate your being. The gift of Christ is meant to to invade us, to transform us, and then to transform the world around us. It's through relationship. I'm made holy with Christ. I'm called a child of God when I begin to let God be God in my life. When I make the Son who the Father gave freely for my benefit, when He becomes my Lord and my Savior, when I am in relationship with the God who did everything to be in relationship with me, it's through that relationship that my life is transformed. It's through that that I nurture the gift of God into a light that not only shines in me, but shines out. But how can we be transformed if we haven't invited him in? How 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 can he how can he rearrange the house when we've locked the door and not given him access? See what 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 I'm hoping we can get to is how 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 can you work on your relationship this this year? Not on your not on your re- religious practice, okay? on your relationship with Jesus, a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. How can, how can you begin to work on that this, this, week, this year? It's different for all of us, and it takes effort. It takes practice. You have to, you have to do things that are uncomfortable at times. You have, to, you have to do things that succeed and things that fail. you got to pick yourself up, draw the line, start over again over and over and over, but how can you draw closer to Christ? How can you give Him more access to your life this year? If you pray every morning, good. Is there a way you can turn that prayer less from an ask me list to a praise Him list? If you're praying for five minutes, can you go for six? If you're serving somewhere in the community, can you serve a little more? If you're if you're having troubles in your relationship with your kids or your family or a coworker, can you can you exercise a little more forgiveness and grace and mercy? Can you seek his face in everything you do? Can he become the first one you turn to? rather than the emergency release valve that we pull when everything else has gone wrong. You have been chosen by God to be His holy people. Therefore, clothe yourself. Put it on like a coat that goes out into the bitter cold winds of South Texas for one day. Wrap yourself in its warmth, not just for your benefit, though, but for the people around you. Because the more you wear that that coat, the more people are going to see. The more you're going to you're going to be recognized as one who loves Jesus, and 
you're going to be helping in his kingdom. Think about it as you're wearing the company logo as you go out into the world. Don't embarrass the company, right? You're, you're a sales associate. We wear Christ in the world around us. What, what does the world think of Christians based on the clothes we wear? Too often, we've worn out-of-style, judgmental garments that nobody's interested in. But I think everyone's interested in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, forgiveness, grace. That's what, that's what I need. That's what you need. What would it look like if this year, and this is a personal decision and a personal choice and it's different for everyone that's not a prescribed time i can't say i need you to pray for 30 minutes because that might not be where you are in your spiritual life but for what from whatever you've been doing can you take another step forward from whatever practices you had can you go a little deeper from whatever ways you've stretched yourself can you stretch yourself a little more not for your own glory but for the glory of christ that you're wearing in the world around you. Verse 17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. If we, if we all tried a little more, a little more, uh, give God a little more access, open a little more of the things that I hold only to me, that I block him from from being a part of, that I say that this belongs to me and that belongs to him. What more can I open in my own heart and mind to the Lord that his light would come in and scatter the darkness and it would change everything for me? What's that for you? What's that for you? In your hymnal, if you would turn to page 607, This is a covenant prayer in the Wesleyan tradition. Uh, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, they were uh, sort of founders of the Methodist movement in England. Uh, They put together a group that eventually became uh, the Wesleyan movement and Methodist church. Uh, And this was a prayer uh, that was traditionally uh, used at New Year's uh, Day services uh, as a way to dedicate the year to God. Preachers were encouraged to, to, to pray this prayer, to make this their life prayer. It doesn't need to be New Year's Day in order to use it, but it's a good reminder for us. It's old English. It's formal. It's that formal the and thou stuff. I hope you can cut through the the and thou stuff to get to the beauty of this prayer. And what I love about it is it's a reminder that whether life is good or bad, hard or easy, celebrative or mournful, God's in the middle of it and invites me to have him as my friend. So I'm going to invite you to pray it with me. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. 
exalted for thee or brought low by thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. New beginnings, new year. We 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 think about that all the time. I mean, I've I've I've, I've grown tired of hearing, "Oh man, I'm so glad 2020 is over and 2021 is over, and I hope 2022 is going to be better." It's not. There's something goes wrong every year, right? Every year, there's going to be the times we can we can celebrate. There's going to be the times that things go well, and there's going to be times of darkness and times of sorrow. Uh, for everything under heaven, there is a time and a season. Ecclesiastes chapter three. There's there's always going to be hard times. A calendar year is not going to make a difference. And if you're living for the hope of a new calendar year, let me give you something even more powerful that doesn't have to wait for a calendar. It's the presence of God that even if it's a horrible year, God will still be good. That's why that's why Wesley created this prayer, whether I'm raised up by thee or put aside by thee, whether I have all things or I have nothing. Whether I have a purpose and a meaning or I'm wondering what my purpose and meaning is. But anything that happens in this, in my life, in my following of you, let everything that happens to me become something that draws me closer to you. You are mine and I am thine. That's the gift I hope you'll nurture. Not just through a holiday season but each and every day and hour and minute and second of your life. One last thing I would say to you as we get ready to take communion is in thinking about God and in thinking about how can I go closer and how can I draw nearer to Him, don't leave out the possibility of the mystery of God. The mystery of God. If you do any kind of theological education, they're gonna you're gonna learn and 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 be told and and help realize that you're never gonna fully understand God because there's things about God that are beyond our little pea brain human experience. There is there is mystery involved with God. We are about to do something that is about the mystery of God. That you're gonna take these little things of juice and a cracker. And we call it Holy Communion. And somehow in the midst of our hearts joining together and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the desire of God to be in relationship with us and my desire to be in relationship with Him and love those around me, somehow in that the miracle and the mystery of God can connect us and we can have an experience even though it's horrible wafer and bad tasting juice. You can can see the face and taste the presence of God today. And communion's not the only time His mystery shows up. 
look for the mystery of God in your life. That's part of what faith that I don't have control and, and understanding of all things, but I believe in a God who does, and I'm willing to suspend my lack of knowledge for his greatness. Look for the, for the greatness in the mystery of God in everyday life. And let's start right now. Donna and Monica are going to come up and lead us in the liturgy for that. If you want to turn to page 12 in your hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, and again he passed it around the table, and he said, This is the cup of my blood, the blood of a new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ is died, Christ, Christ is risen, risen Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them become for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be the body of Christ. 
a people who have been redeemed by his blood for the world. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast together at his heavenly banquet. For it is through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, that all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.